Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider, the podcast series from Barclays that explores the biggest issues facing the mortgage broking industry. I'm Tony Rimmer, a business development manager for Barclays in the Northwest. And I'm Claire McPhail, a business development manager in the Southeast. So this is the last episode of the year and what a year it's been for the housing market and mortgage industry. Tony, what do you think? Well, it certainly has been an interesting year, Claire, and one that I hope in my lifetime we never get uh, the opportunity to repeat. I think um, looking back, we've all been through quite a lot in 2020 and some of us have probably more scars than others. Uh, There's been a lot of change, certainly in the mortgage industry. There's been a lot of change that we've adapted to very well from being able to just work through COVID, you know, COVID lockdowns, I think, um, you know, has taught us all how to adapt in a fast-changing industry. Uh, and we've adapted quicker, I think, this year than any other year that, that in certainly any of the other 30 years that, uh, that, that I've been around. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tony. And it almost links into that first episode that we did right at the beginning where Will Hobbs was talking about how adaptable humans are and how, you know, we managed to get through all these changes that happen in our in our world. So in this episode, we're going to hear from someone who knows all about the challenges for 2020. We spoke to Craig Calder, who is Head of Channel Business Development for Barclays. Hi, Craig. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Hi, Claire. First of all, can I just say a huge congratulations to you both. You won uh, Best Marketing Campaign at the Mortgage Introducer Awards last week. So, you know, after seven episodes of this, it's a fantastic achievement. So well done to you too. Thank you. It's very kind. Oh, thank thank you. you. Really appreciate that. Yeah. We'll jump straight in, if that's okay, Craig. Um, looking at 2020, it's been a year like no other I can remember. <laughs> with COVID-19, sort of lockdowns, restrictions, and, and many more of us now starting to work from home. I just wondered, how has 2020 been for Barclays? I think 2020 has been the year of adaptability is probably the best phrase we've had to use all year. Right from the very start of uh, the year, it was a busy start to the year. So we came into March and hit that lockdown. We all had to change the way we did things. We all had to change the way that we interacted with our customers, with our brokers, with our colleagues. Um, It just became a, a complete step change in the way we do things. And I think as a bank, I think we've adapted really, really well. I think we've um, kept most of our services open pretty much all the time. Uh, we've tried to balance the needs of customers, brokers and colleagues to make sure that we always um, have been in business. And I think it's been uh, pretty successful, I have to say. I think that you're right. The, the adaptability and the change was fast paced, wasn't it? We we know that sort of it felt like things changed on a daily basis um, right at the beginning. I mean, there were some of the changes that came in would have were quite challenging for the brokers to cope with. So we know that changes came in through that period of time to do with loan to values, income multiples. What was the driving force behind that, Craig? Why why do those things have to change, really, from the bank's perspective? So I think first and foremost, as a mortgage lender, my main aim is to be a responsible lender for customers, it's particularly through really uncertain times. If you sort of cast your mind back as far as March, lots of people were saying that the, the COVID-19 pandemic and the lockdown was going to be a blip. It's going to take three months, and we'd all be we'd all be up and running again, and it would just be a you know it's a, a Q Q two blip. Now 
clearly that hasn't panned out uh, the way that we thought it would. And I think some of the actions we took, whilst they may seem harsh for customers, they may seem inconvenient for brokers, they were absolutely the right thing to do for our customers. Recently, we went back into 90% loan-to-value lending, and I think now is the right time for us to do that. We've got, dare I say, light at the end of the tunnel with uh, various vaccines on, on the horizon. That gives everyone some reason to believe that things will be better in 2021, and I think that was the right time for us to do it. But we should always not shy away from making some of those difficult decisions that we have to make as a lender. Yeah, I think... I think- one of the things I see quite a bit, Craig, that, that seems to be a frustration from a broker perspective is, is, is probably last-minute change and, and certainly last-minute change to rates, which we've seen you know, for, from all lenders um, in, in 2020. I just wonder, what, what's the driver behind that? So for me, one of the key things that we've aimed to do over 2020 is really protect our levels of service. And I know they've not always probably people who may listen to school, goodness me, do you really think you've had great service all year? Absolutely not. But equally, we've not gone down the path of some lenders of taking 20, 30, 40 days to underwrite a case. I don't think that's fair on the broker. I don't think it's fair on the customer. So for us to make these last minute decisions, they're primarily there to protect service. Um, and by doing things relatively late in the day, it means that we can avoid lots of spiky activity and we can protect that service in the in the days following that for, again, for customers and brokers. I don't want to be in a position where customers are waiting weeks and weeks and weeks to find out whether we'll lend to them. And I think sometimes if you protect that service, you can give a much, much quicker uh, turnaround for everybody involved. I think um, you're right. I think the service levels in Barclays have withstood a lot of pressure and and I know we're proud of sort of the fact that we've managed to keep those service levels as they are but we know that brokers are under an immense amount of pressure to get these cases over the line Um, and we know that packaging is really key to that case really getting to offer as quickly as possible. What are your thoughts on that Craig? So I think you're right. Packaging is always part of the process that um, is slightly out of our control. So if I look at packaging uh, from a broker case, if a a broker case is packaged and we're um, able to use an automated valuation on it, the average speed to offer on that is about six to eight days. If it's unpackaged, it's more than double that. And if we need a physical valuation, because of where you are in the country just now, there's various availability of valuers, that physical valuation could take anything between, I don't know, five and 13 days again as we as we currently go out sort of mid-December. If you add all of those bits up, it then elongates that whole process for customers. So the quicker it's packaged, the quicker we can say, yes, subject to valuation, that valuation can then be done and then the, the full offer goes out um, to the customer. I think the other piece to bear in mind, um, it's not only us getting the offer out there. Solicitors um, will have a huge amount of pressure as we get into quarter one uh, next year. With the end of the current stamp duty holiday and the end of help to buy, there'll be lots and lots of customers who are um, looking to complete. And I think about five, six weeks ago, I was in a meeting with one of the uh, biggest agency uh, networks who are saying the average time to complete from a, a sold sign going up to the new borrower moving in is 100 working days currently. So actually, you know, it's unlikely now in those normal course of events, if you're applying for a mortgage now, that actually you might not get into that property before the end of the stamp duty holiday. So again, setting these end-to-end expectations is hugely important. 
Yeah, because people are going to be buying properties still, aren't they? Thinking that they are going to be benefiting from the stamp duty. What What are we doing to kind of help and manage some that might. expectation? Uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt, Claire. I think some people might actually be able to still complete. We're not saying that it's 100 days or bust. What we're saying is if you're in a long chain, that's more complicated. If you're buying a new build, for example, then you're a first-time buyer, then actually as long as the house is ready on time, then most things should be should be the same. But I think the, the, the last piece to remember is um, one of the big other areas of pressure point is um, local searches. You know, lots of people have seen um, Hackney uh, Borough Council were were hacked a few weeks ago, and actually are still not doing searches as as we as we record this today. You know, if you're buying a property in that neck of the woods, then you know the whole system is effectively grinding to a halt there. So, so on that basis, Greg, um, you mentioned about quarter one, um, perhaps being a little bit busier than than normal. What is it brokers can do to expedite their case and and you know have it processed? A lot smoother through through Barclays. So I think make sure all the documents are there. Uh, make sure they are on top of the case. Use our um, case tracking hub in the in the Barclays hub to make sure that they are doing everything uh, that they can to get that case to offer. And making sure the customer is keeping on top of um, everything they need to keep on top of, whether a solicitor or uh, the land searches, to make sure these are all happening in a timely manner. Don't just stop case tracking once we've sent the offer um, because we don't know anything else until the fact when the solicitor says, actually, we want to complete. And actually, we're seeing a real rise in the prevalence of solicitors sending the the, court, the certificate of title in far, far less than the five working days that uh, we and, and most lenders need. That's going to pre- place so much pressure towards that end of March deadline. Um, so again, work with the customer. Make sure the customer is asking the solicitor to be really timely when they send certificate of titles through and just manage that end-to-end piece. Don't just look at the part that we play. And we do the same. We're going to make sure that solicitors have got everything in that we need in order to be able to complete and not wait on things at the very last minute. Because on that basis, it seems that we've got quite a lot of activity in quarter one. As you mentioned already, we've got got stamp duty that finishes at the end of March. We've got help to buy, potentially, that's going to start to change at the end of quarter one. So from an operational basis, are are you looking at at working any any differently as you go into 2021 to to sort of support the process in relation to, to, you know, if we get packaging right, tick, you know, from, from the back end process... Are you looking at doing anything differently to support that? So almost like we did um, at the start of the first COVID lockdown at the beginning of the year, we have had colleagues um, across Barclays have been incredibly flexible and actually changing what their, their day job is. So we had some of our own branch mortgage advisors join our operations team to mortgage completions, for example, so to do the funds release, to do offer extensions, to do case reeking. Again, we will do whatever is within our power to keep that end-to-end process running really smoothly. If we need more people at the back end, we'll put some more people at the back end. If we need some more people at the front end, again, we'll do that. Um, it's making sure that we can keep that chain running super smoothly but there might be some times where we have to be really strict so if a solicitor does send a certificate of title in uh, like I had one last week at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon for a completion that day sometimes that just isn't going to be possible to happen we'll do our absolute best to make it happen but actually sometimes these things just won't happen 
And Craig, I suppose in so in general, so so you would sit on the boards up there, sort of with the people in the know. Um, sort of general industry confidence. Where do we stand with that at the moment? What's the general feeling about going into next year and what the market's going to throw at us if it could throw anything more than it did this year and <laughs> us not manage it. <laughs> So look, I think there's there's lots of different views on what twenty twenty one will look like. I saw something, uh, a news alert, I think, on Yahoo Finance this morning, saying that there's the consensus uh, externally is that house prices are, are looking to grow by four percent next year. That gives a lot of confidence to people buying a house now. I think there's a big worry about the end of the stamp duty holiday because it's such a cliff event, that 31st of March. And I think, again, there's lots of commentary around should it be extended, should it be tapered, for example. So actually, if you don't complete on the 31st of March and you complete in April, should you lose, say, a third of the benefit and then the following month you lose two thirds of the benefit and then the last month you lose all of it. So I think there's lots of conversations going on. But, you know, stamp duty is a big amount of uh, tax that the government are foregoing just now for very good reason. But the housing market is booming off the back of it. You know, and most lenders this year are reporting record, record volumes of, of transactions going through. You know, that would be lovely to think that would continue into next year. And there's a lot of ups and downs with the Brexit transition periods that we've been experiencing over the last few months. And I guess Brexit hasn't really been on anyone's mind. COVID has been on people's mind. But then as we get into 2021 uh, and see what that economic landscape looks like that's what will drive what is happening in this housing market it's true very true and and in terms of that then greg i think you know you mentioned about house prices and again the stamp duty changes do you think as a lender perhaps as an industry we need to look at being more innovative in terms of how we approach next year you know looking at new ways of of working um, new ways of delivery, perhaps technology, dare I say it, um, in the mix. I'm just wondering what your thoughts would be on, on that adapt, that continued adaptability going into next year, in some cases with, with things that we're unaware of at this moment in time. Yeah, so look, I think technology and doing things differently, I think we've all had to do that this year. You know, a, a great example is at the, the start of the lockdown period with COVID, we um, very quickly turned on desktop valuations. So at Barclays, we only ever had physical valuations or automated valuations. We didn't have desktop. And we got that up and running incredibly quickly. And I think it's amazing how technology has adapted over the course of 2020 to make things like that happen much more quickly. I think you're right. We need to think about what does two-way communication look like between solicitors um, in Q1? Is there any technology benefits we can do there? Can we do anything else on uh, valuations and automated valuations? So I think technology will play a big part, not only in you know the early part of next year, but as we go um, through 2021 and beyond. I think the key thing um, brokers and customers always want to know whenever you speak to a broker or a customer is they just want that decision of will you lend to me quickly that that physical offer and all that sort of stuff they're, they're less concerned about it's just that am i am i approved yes or no do that really really quickly and i think sort of linking back to what you were saying earlier uh, about the the packaging piece that the quicker that's packaged the quicker that decision can be for a customer that puts a huge amount of customers at ease at that point in time so if we can use technology to to benefit us all through that process where we're saying yes more quickly and then they're say worrying about the paperwork side of it 
slightly later, then that is what will, again, keep confidence in the market and keep keep transactions moving through 2021. But I think linking back to what I said at the, at the start, adaptability here is key and adaptability through the use of technology or just through the use of using different processes, I think in, in 2021 will become um, even more crucial throughout the entire industry, not just with Barclays. And just linking into that then, Craig, I know you, know, you mentioned how important technology is. Do you think APIs will play a part in the broker, you know, liaising with, with Barclays and other lenders? Is, is that something that will be key? So APIs is probably the the biggest buzz phrase, if you like, in the, the whole mortgage industry now. Um, I think undoubtedly they will. Um, and what APIs really are designed to do is, is make that whole process, particularly up front for the broker, much, much easier and quicker, if you like, in terms of you know, transferring data to lenders. Um, it still relies upon the good old fashioned parts of the process of speaking to the right customer, getting the right documentation, submitting stuff through. So it can make some stuff much shorter, but APIs is one of these things, um, again, I've said this before, it's a public forum, who pays for them? The technology providers don't want to pay for them. Um, They want to sell them. Uh, The lenders are happy to take some of the costs, but actually where does the cost uh, flow through the system? There's not many brokers who who would want to pay for for an API because they've had a tough year as well. Some of them had to furlough some staff at the start of the year. Um, So APIs only work if everyone signs up to them and and they work across the industry. But I think the API journey is a a long one uh, and will make a difference. But I don't think it's an immediate, you'll see something happen overnight. It's It's an evolution as opposed to a revolution. And for you, Craig, I suppose any sort of, and we've covered a lot today, any other thoughts for next year that that's been on your mind that we sort of haven't covered off that you just think is something key to take into 2021 so i think 2021 we've got to not forget about those customers that need to refinance um i think because there's been such a massive push on purchasing this year you can see that market mix move to customers moving home or purchasing the first time. I think we've got to make sure across the industry that those customers who are coming to the end of a deal with their current lender are equally looked after across uh, the broker industry, not just those that are looking to buy a home um, or move home. And I think every year there's new record volumes in those customers who are maturing. Um, and again, we've got to make sure we work as an industry to make sure those customers are looked after at the end of uh, their current fixed rate period or tracker period or whatever they're maturing off to make sure they have um, access to, to great deals as well. Yeah, that's key. And I suppose also we're going to come across, can't we, people who have had a really challenging time financially this year and are going to be looking, aren't they, to sort of reset themselves up and get themselves straight again. So I suppose then the brokers are going to have a a lot of work there, aren't they, kind of getting people back maybe on track where they had challenges this year as well. Yeah, and, and I think, look, there's lots of stuff we've done to adapt to that this year. So we are asking brokers sometimes to reconfirm uh, customers' income if they're needing an offers extension, for example. And that's not done because we want to get out of lending to a customer. Again, it's part of what we said at the top. It's about lending responsibly and trying to make sure that um, a customer 
recognises the financial situation they could put themselves in were they to complete on a mortgage. And we've seen lots of examples where customers have gone on to temporary furlough. And all we're saying to that customer is, look, just, just slow the whole transaction down a little bit. Make sure that you are uh, back at work. Everything is running smoothly. And again, that's the type of conversation that we need um, our, our mortgage broker colleagues to to have next year, be, have a real solid understanding um, of a customer's financial position, really get to the root of um, what is going on. Because you're right, Claire, someone could be completely back at work, but actually for three or four months, they weren't in work. They could have built up some credit card debt. They could have built up some personal loan debt just to keep alive. But it's important to face into that and um, recognize it. And ways a lender can take all of that into consideration and make sure things uh, can still progress on an affordable basis. Yeah. So, Craig, you covered a lot there. Um, but I think if you were to try and draw it together, what would you say will be the biggest lessons learned from, from the COVID crisis and as we've gone throughout 2020? As we get into 2021, and there are lots of uncertainties in 2021 about what the market could look like. Do we have a third wave, as people keep talking about? We've got to make sure that we think about the customer at the heart of the transaction and make sure we have the right resource in place, right from um, the mortgage broker who's uh, working the transaction to the administrator who is processing the transaction to the underwriter, to the valuer, etc. Everyone has got to make sure they have that sufficient uh, resource in place. Um, you know, lots of people went into furlough straight at the, at the start of lockdown. And you could argue, was that perhaps a knee-jerk reaction? Because the market came back much, much more quickly than anyone ever anticipated and actually probably left some customers in a little bit of limbo trying to find an advisor or trying to get an offer produced really quickly but actually some of the intern resource wasn't there so again as a, as a wider industry let's make sure that we're really thoughtful about what we do with resource and um, making sure customers are put at the heart of the decisions that we make okay th thank you craig yeah thanks ever so much craig for joining us today no problem my pleasure that was Craig Calder, Head of Channel Business Development for Barclays. And that was the eighth episode of Mortgage Insider and the last episode of the year. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on your normal podcast app so you don't miss an episode. I'm Claire McPhail. And I'm Tony Rimmer. Thanks for listening.